Hello, I'm Grant Kersey, and you're listening to Season 2 of Colorado State University History Department's podcast, The Land Grant Chronicles, written and recorded by students in the History of Outdoor Recreation class. This season explores the crisis of outdoor recreation in the United States. This episode tells the story of Teddy Roosevelt and preservationist John Muir as they camped together for four days and three nights in Yosemite. The impact of this camping trip would echo through the rest of Roosevelt's presidency and the impacts of that presidency on national parks and public lands would echo through history. In the early spring of 1903, President Theodore Roosevelt was finishing up a speaking and sightseeing tour of the American West in California. As one of the last stops on the tour, Roosevelt had arranged to meet with renowned preservationist John Muir in Yosemite for three nights of camping in the remote wilderness. Writing to Muir, I do not want anyone with me but you, and I want to drop politics absolutely for four days and just be out in the open with you. Roosevelt arrived at a small railroad junction called Raymond Station, and to his surprise was met by an animated crowd. Roosevelt, feeling underdressed and unprepared, nonetheless gave some brief comments to the waiting crowd before loading into a stagecoach to be taken to Mariposa Grove of Big Trees, where he planned to spend his first night of the trip. Muir joined Roosevelt at Raymond Station and rode with Roosevelt in the stage, expanding on points of interest on their way into Yosemite. Upon arriving at the Mariposa Grove, Roosevelt bade farewell to his political entourage and the gaggle of reporters that had followed from Raymond Station, who now retreated back to the Wawona Hotel, fully expecting Roosevelt to come and join them for the banquet later planned for 6 o'clock that evening in his honor. Instead, Roosevelt bedded down under the giant sequoia trees of the Mariposa Grove. Just Muir, himself, and two park rangers were left in the small party. Roosevelt would later write about that night in the grove in remembrance of Muir that that night it was clear weather and we lay in the open, the enormous cinnamon-colored trunks rising about us like the columns of a vaster and more beautiful cathedral than was ever conceived by any human architect. The following day, the party made their way to Glacier Point on the rim of Yosemite Valley. The day was a brutal one with a snowstorm slowing their progress through the afternoon. This seemed to bother Roosevelt little, his characteristic love of adventure on full display. This love for the wild and adventure was in even better form the following morning when the party awoke to find that five inches of snow had fallen on them during the night. Roosevelt, rising from his bed of pine boss set up for him by Muir, was positively elated. The party paused briefly to take several pictures of the president and Muir together on Glacier Point, the grand vista of Yosemite Valley behind them, before making their way down into the valley itself. Upon arriving in Yosemite Village, Roosevelt was unhappy to find a large crowd awaiting his arrival. Yosemite commissioners had bedecked the town for his arrival with flags and banners flying in the street. Roosevelt made some cursory comments to the gathered crowd, but as the California governor started going on about the extravagant plan for the evening's festivities, Roosevelt cut him off in his most commanding voice, stating, We will pitch camp at Bridalvale, which is exactly what the small party did, much to the chagrin of Yosemite commissioners. Though some tried to follow Roosevelt to his picturesque campsite on the edge of Bridalvale Meadows, the two rangers accompanying Muir and Roosevelt scared them off. With a view of Bridalvale Falls to the east and El Capitan west across the Merced River, it was exactly as Roosevelt had hoped it would be for his final night in Yosemite. That evening, Muir and Roosevelt sat up talking around the campfire for a long while. Now friends, after spending several days in each other's company, Muir later wrote that he stuffed him pretty well regarding the timber thieves and the destructive work of the lumbermen and other spoils of the forest. This late-night conversation obviously had an impact on Roosevelt, who after the trip used the rest of his tenure in office 
add 147 million acres of national forest under the protection of the Forest Service, created 18 national monuments, and pushed Congress into the creation of five new national parks. But most directly related to the trip, Roosevelt took back both Mariposa Grove and Yosemite Valley from the state of California and added them to the Greater Yosemite National Park under federal protection. At the time, this was drastic action. There was a general opinion that America had so much wilderness that it could never be depleted. Roosevelt and Muir were ahead of their time in recognizing how false that sentiment was. Despite the pushback from private corporations, both on the protection of such vast swaths of land as well as on the federal control of land they saw as perfect for exploitation by the tourism industry, Roosevelt set a precedent that allowed for the creation of the massive network of American parks we see today.